This is iFanboy Special Edition Batman vs. Two Face. Special edition show, Batman vs. Two-Face. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with the animated brain trust, Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Ryan Haupt. Hey, everyone. And we're talking about Batman vs. Two-Face, the second film in the uh, series of films taking place in the Batman 66 universe. And this is a bit of a bittersweet one because, A, you had the feeling this was going to be a series. We'll talk about that more in a second. And mm. B, uh, this is the final appearance of Adam West as Batman as he sadly passed away shortly after finishing uh, this film. So, most likely this is the last film, I would think, in the series. But again, we'll talk about that later. And this is the last time that the Bright Knight, as he was credited at the end, as he was thanked at the end, uh, yep. played the Batman. The first film before was, what was it called? I don't even remember. The, the Return, Return of the Cape Crusaders. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did not see. You guys talked about it. And That's so I, right. I missed that one. That's right. Yeah. You weren't on this one. Did you watch it at all? I have not seen that one, but I kind of want to go back and watch that now. So spoilers to my feelings about this one. <laughs> uh, so this, this is, like the last film, it's a, re, it's a reunion of the, those who are still with us or were at the time. Adam West is Batman, Burt Ward is Robin, Julie Newmar is Catwoman, and in a surprise twist, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't look at the credits beforehand, uh, mm. Lee Merriweather shows up and gets a little, bat, little Catwoman action at some point. As also Catwoman, sort of. <laughs> so this is, this is the story of Two-Face, who famously did not show up in the original television series for many rumored reasons. There's never been an established reason why he didn't. Played here by William Shatner, who would have been pretty great casting in the 1960s. Yeah, I mean, that back then he was doing TV shows. He was doing Twilight Zone, Star Trek. So it would have, you know, the, he's the right age. For that role. Yeah. So it makes total sense. Yeah, they animated him to look as he did in the 60s, obviously. And he would have looked the part of Harvey Dent. And you could, you could picture him standing there next to Adam West. And it would have worked perfectly. So I thought that was a great bit of casting in terms of contextual actor who would have been someone mm-hmm. they would have cast at the time. And the, the brief log line of this story is that in an effort to rid Gotham City of evil, Dr. Hugo Strange's machine in which he tries to suck evil out of... All the villains backfires, blows up, and contaminates District Attorney Harvey Dent, and thus uh, unleashing Two Face on the world of Gotham City. I really like this movie. We liked the last one a lot. Mm. These are super fun. The animations are super top notch. I think more than the other ones. I think I they, agreed. They, they put a lot of they put a lot of care into these. Character designs are great. It's it's very much like when you would see uh, Batman and Robin appear on like Scooby Doo. So yeah. it's like it's got that old school kind of Hanna Barbera look to it, but just you know updated to the modern day. It's very clean. Uh, there's a lot of action sequences, you know, and they're you know it's it, it's it's not the uh, anime studio styles that they've used in some of the direct to video stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, appropriately so it's it it's got a really charming look and um i was i was very impressed with the sort of the production value of it it's charmingly hokey which is what you want yes. from this Campy. So paul, right paul what did you th- so you didn't talk we didn't talk about the last one ryan will we'll, we'll jump in in a second but i really want to know what paul thought of being in this world 
Yeah, this um this one sort of took me uh, by surprise. I really I was I wasn't sure what to expect from this, but I thought that's ah, a neat idea that we mentioned. You know, William Shatner's casting in this. Like that's kind of a, that makes sense. And um, so I was I was more curious about it than anything. But um, once it got rolling, uh, I was I just found it completely charming. And um, it's and again, yeah, it's a little bit bittersweet because. This is probably the last of these we'll we'll see, and it's uh, but it but it it does feel like a really fitting, um, joyous send off for uh, Adam West, and uh, I guess with him this this world of Batman sixty six at least, um, in terms of like like audio, in terms of drama, right? You know, we'll maybe see comics and stuff, but you know this this is sort of the end of an era in a way, uh, and it was uh, it was really fun. So I, I was uh, I was tickled with this one. Yeah, I thought. I mean, it's, it, these are just these are fun. I love the original series. We, we talked about this before, but I love the, the that original TV series, and it does a great job of capturing that feeling. Uh, it also even almost follows a bit of the structural waves of the first series in that you know about a half an hour in we got sort of a cliffhanger, um, mm-hmm. and there was a couple of those instances uh, that felt kind of like the original series. Um, you get a late title card with this. You actually get the origin of Two Face, and then the title sequence is actually like this is the height of Two Face being Two Face, and you see them sort of squaring off with him squaring off with Batman and Robin, and a lot of the different uh, devices that would have been on the show had he appeared on it, and then this. Um, the, the larger part of this feature is basically like the return of Two-Face because it's beginning um, after that title sequence is basically the the cure where they they sort of uh, pull the Two-Face out of uh, – or all the, the, the nastiness out of uh, uh, Harvey Dent and he's waking up in the hospital and, you know, you hold up the, the hand mirror and like, oh, I'm, I'm back, you know. And it's that classic uh, it's, Two-Face story, yeah. right, where he's been cured, mm-hmm. his classic surgeries, fixed his face. But I actually really like the structure of it not being a straight-up origin story. That the the origin happened in the cold open, and then the, the title the title sequence, as you said, was basically his his villain career. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna learn, you know he's gonna be freaking out and adjusting to being Two Face. No, we got that all happened in the title sequence. It was kind of like really, really smart. Like was it the Hulk? The first Hulk movie did that where. The- well, Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, did it was, that it was the second one where they recapped the Ang Lee one in the credits, so you didn't right. have to go yeah. back and watch it. I like that. It's a really smart way of doing it, uh, especially in order. I mean, he's and I had thought they would do that more, but then they kind of haven't done that much since then. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what'd you think of of the film overall? I adored this. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was so great. I had a question. I was thinking of you as watching the film. How scientifically accurate is this <laughs> machine that they built to suck evil out of? people i'm a great fan of the 1960s camp machinery of the batman world where everything is i'll tell you the most accurate part of the machine connor <laughs> okay everything is clearly labeled yep that's my favorite <laughs> that is part. very important in science the amount of time Joker, I spend penguin and making sure all my labels are correct because if you if you mislabel things you don't know if that came from the joker or the riddler and that right. serum could be different and so it's really important and i think they did a really good job with the labeling literally called the evil extractor yeah, you have to label things in the lab. So, and you know, it's just important. It's good science. While we're on that subject, there's some really great visual gags in this. Um, this is one where you don't want to be like doing something else while you have this on. You want to like yes. be looking at the background because every time they sort of mention a place or uh, a machine or a device or something, it's clearly labeled that. 
And there's there's <laughs> things like uh, when they're in um, sort of the chemical plant towards the end, um, all the different vats are sort of um, like highly volatile. And then the ne- I, I had to let the next one was like, no, seriously. <laughs> like, and then the one after that was like, about to explode. Yeah, could ex- could explode at any could minute. Could explode at any minute, yeah. That's so funny. And also the Alfred's camera screen in the Batmobile, which I thought was dangerous in case anybody else in the car at any time. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It's just, you can feel the joy in, the, in making these. And I feel like there's a lot of freedom when you're making a film like this where you know exactly what it is. You don't have to tell a fanboy line, you're worrying about the, the, the fans or, or the continuity or whatever, or being true to a comic. This is just like, we're going to go bonkers. We're going to have fun. We're going to stay in that, that spirit of the original show. And, and it, I think it really shines. I mean, these, these movies are really high quality, these two they made. Yeah. If I can if I can explain to the listener, if you haven't watched it yet and you're on the fence still, to describe the tone of this movie, other than the fact that they do the Batusi at the end credits, and it's like the Batusi, but also like an, an old school iPod, iPod commercial. I like love an Apple that commercial very much. Like so much. Stuff. It was so, so good. So, and, it, and it goes on forever, and it's, <laughs> and it's fun. So, uh, but other than that, my favorite detail of this that describes the tone uh, is the fact that throughout this movie – Harvey Dent and Two-Face, there's there's transitions back and forth, whether he's just Harvey Dent or whether he's, you know, Two-Face. And when he makes the physical transformation where half of his face is, you know, green and they're going with the old, like, so you would, when he would transform between different forms, the suit would also change. Yeah. So that's, that's my favorite part is that they. The clothing like, also, the, yeah. The, the clothing, the clothing changes with his physical appearance like it you don't just see him in like a plain brown suit and then suddenly half of his face is green and his hands green like the suit color changes too on that side of his body and that's not a mistake they know they're doing that and it happens several times and i loved it every time that to me like really really emphasizes the tone and just the campiness of this of this movie and i love that batman makes these crazy intellectual leaps to figure out these these absurd <laughs> clues, uh, but doesn't understand right. that they're all having to do with two. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's, when he's chasing Bookworm or the other the sort of C-level characters and who are being manipulated by Two-Face, he's, he, he makes these incredible uh, insights to figure out these things, but does not figure out that they're all having to do with two, you know, the number two biplanes and things yeah, like that. Yeah, biplanes, I love I that one. And then, you know, I, I, I thought this was a great showcase for Robin, who got a lot more to do this time. You know he's very jealous of the the friendship between Bruce and Harvey, and and goes off on his own to prove that Harvey is still evil. I thought that I thought it was he got a little R R transition uh, graphic, and uh, I I mean actually I thought I liked the first the first one a lot, Ryan, but I thought this was better than the first one. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think this was a lot better. Not a lot better because the, the first one was also a lot of fun, but this one I think they hit a rhythm. Um, Bill Shatner. I, I, he just he's clearly had a lot of fun doing this because he really owns the character and is doing different voices for the two different characters in a way that is pretty convincing and good. And I, yeah, yeah, he doesn't phone this in at all. Like, no, he really is, didn't. He is there for this. none of them did. And I think I thought Adam West was terrific. Burt Ward is terrific. I think you know we we discussed last time that Lee Merriweather's voice isn't quite as pliable as the others. So she not Lee Merriweather, uh, Julie Newmar. So she doesn't get as much dialogue. Well, she got more dialogue this time. I felt like maybe I'm just getting caught up in it, but. Um, mm-hmm. I thought everyone you can tell is having the time of their lives, which just makes it even more sad that they're not they're not doing more of it. Yeah. And I love that they're like, you know, like, I mean, at least I forget how old Adam West was, but like the two cat women were, you know, they're, they're like in their 
like early to mid eighties and yeah. they're playing Catwoman and they sound great. And, uh, I love that they do the, the, the Julie Newmar eyebrows. Yes. Just the crazy stylized eyebrows. All the designs are great. All the designs really. are great. And also like last time we got a whole parade of all, you know, I, I was keeping track of all the villains and eventually just gave up because there were so many that came through, but I really wanted to highlight a couple of voice actors. Mm-hmm. Number one, Jeff Bergman, who did Joker, which I think he does a pretty fine Cesar Romero, but, he also did Desmond Dumas. So good. The um, broadcaster who's acting as, the narrator as of. William Dozer. He does a pretty pretty solid William Dozer. Really good. Uh, the guy does Riddler's always. He does a really good Riddler. The only one, again, like, like last time, I sort of inexplicable is Thomas Lennon's Chief O'Hara, which I think is really terrible. But yeah, It's not great. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was surprised afterwards to read that Stephen Weber, and this, he was in the, in the first one as well, Stephen Weber is uh, Alfred. Yes. I was like, that's a choice, but like, I love Stephen Weber. He's great. <laughs> yeah, no. It's also, it's also, I mean, anytime I think of Stephen Weber, I, I obviously think of Tim Daly from Wings, and then Tim yep. Daly is Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, Wally Wingert does the Riddler. I think he does a really good. Frank He's the Riddler and uh, and King Tut. It's it's fun to see King Tut because when when else do you have a chance to do King Tut in in all his flamboyance and you know like that version of, of right. King Tut. The, the um, Frank Buono version and uh, is it Frank mm-hmm. Buono. I'm going completely off memory right now. I could be totally wrong. So interestingly enough, in the beginning scene where Hugo Strange is is setting up his machine, his his lab assistant is dr quinzel mm-hmm. and i thought we were going to be teased with a third film mm. you know through that it, it was she was only i could in, see them doing one that scene i thought for sure there was gonna be like a post-credit sequence or something where she got a little bit of the gas and became harley quinn in the background and we would get a third that's film interesting harley quinn, but that didn't happen there's also a rumor that the original plan for the film had a post-credit sequence and featuring the linda carter version of wonder woman for a team up for the next film Oh, wow. That would have been really oh, fun, but uh, that my heart. didn't happen either. So there, there was no post-credit sequence here. It was a nice little nod to get her in there, but I, I, I was preoccupied the whole time wondering when she'd show up again and have you know have been turned evil by the gas, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know what the plan was for the future, but for this particular film, if you're a little bit Harley Quinned out, <laughs> yeah. particularly from the, the last one, it's like just enough here. Yeah, that's it's, why I thought I was it's like, like oh. It's just like a Easter egg. But, it, but again, um, I was glad that I didn't... To look at the credits because a lot of this stuff would have been spoiled otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised nobody. I'm sure somebody must have been clamoring to do their Vincent Price voice to be Egghead. Right. Like you just you see Egghead, but you never hear him in this. Victor Bono, not Frank Bono. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm tired. It's first thing in the morning. The uh, the other one I liked was I was like I don't. There was a cowboy character, and then Shane. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, everything is. Uh, is labeled so it's like shame shame which is a play on shane and i was like did they really do that i didn't remember that it's been a while since i've watched the original it was uncle ben it was robertson oh really yeah that's fun yeah i almost said pat robertson this is this is why you should podcast first thing in the morning (laughs) yeah i mean those are all these are all characters i mean bookworm was a character in the in the show these are all terrific characters and they have such a great tapestry to play with to make this work uh clock king was in there at first, I thought he was Mad Hatter, but I remember he's very similar design. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the old school. I guess it was. There were different actors who played him, but the Eli Wallach version of Mister Freeze. Yeah, sort of like, like the orange Eli version. Yes, there was like yeah. three, four actors who played Mister Freeze over the course of the show. Otto Preminger as well. You know, it's just a big old fun action movie where. Batman's got to stop Two-Face from secretly in the background manipulating all these villains. And, and he, his plan was to turn everyone into... Like, he, he, he drops the bomb over Gotham City that turns everyone into 
versions of Two-Face. And uh, I liked at the end how they they fixed everybody with the antidote by basically shooting the hell out of Gotham City. They're like carpet-bombing Gotham City. <laughs> yeah. And they did the joke. Um, there's a great joke in the, the movie, the live-action movie they did, where Robin is willing to let two alcoholics in a bar like explode from one of the Penguin's bombs, and right. Batman has to do the, well, Robin, they may be drinkers, but they're still people. And he has to do it again, <laughs> where you know he reminds Robin, like, they're still citizens. And then Robin's like, right, Batman, and then just gets back to firing a machine gun at them. <laughs> I mean, it was like it's a, great. it was like a, it was, you know, the old, the old World War, World War II, like, you know, tail gun. You know? Right, yeah. He's like in the little bubble underneath the the, the, the craft, and it's, oh, it's really fun. There, there's, that reminds me, there was another great sight gag in here where they do the uh, Batman slapping Robin meme. Yeah, <laughs> they did that. I was, I kind of rolled my eyes at that, but you get, it was, it was begging for it. So they earned it. Um, and yeah. it, it made it, it also like, it wasn't out of nowhere. It made sense in the context of it. Cause, cause Robin was not acting himself. And I, I would almost say that this feels like a particularly campy episode of Archer. <laughs> I could see that. I, I, I love, I love the depiction of, of Robin as like the sort of man child. Like he's very, he gets, he gets very jealous of not just uh, Harvey Dent's friendship with Batman, but also when Batman is on his date with Catwoman, like perched outside her, uh, her jail cell. Yeah. Um, and he's left sitting in the, <laughs> in the Batmobile with his arms crossed. Like, let's go, let's go do something. But also he gets, he gets grounded he gets sent grounded. to his room and just like, it's oh God, it was so good. I really, it's funny, but like if there's also like an, a great heart to it and, you know, and not, not just like the meta stuff of like knowing that this is Adam West's last, no, not you know, like, yeah, I mean, one of these, but it's like, but Batman, also there's, Catwoman, just, yeah, yeah the, stu- the stuff with them when they go into the factory and Batman's like, I gotta, I gotta stop this because, you know, Harvey Dent is, you know, my, my old friend and it's up to me to do this. Like I, I let him down and so I got to solve this and I don't want you to get hurt. And he's like, but you know, you'll always be my, like my number one old chum. Um, and facing this never-ending battle against evil, I wouldn't want anyone else by my side. And it's a nice touching moment as Robin's like, "Okay, you go ahead." I also like how Aunt Harriet was. Uh, she was on the prowl. Yeah, <laughs> she's hungry. Every time a handsome the term man is showed thirsty. Up, thirsty was the, is the term the kids use today. Every you know they had they were having the bachelor auction, and she was very excited to bid on Harvey Dent, and and uh, you know she's been in that house for a long time with, with those three dudes. I could get it. She needs to get out. But I also liked the big fight on the bus, the big charity bus where that that Alfred the and double and decker bus, yeah. the double decker bus in which two things. It seemed like the bus was about forty feet wide when they were doing the fight scenes, and then <laughs> yeah. Also, there was about ten millionaires on the millionaire party bus. It's like, <laughs> not a good showing for the. For I also the, liked the some of the new gadgets we were introduced to in this film that weren't in the previous that, one, like the net that comes out the yeah. back of the Batmobile to catch the people off the bus, and his bat laser, his like the bat shield. The bat shield was, was actually really kind of cool. cool. Like yeah. not, it wasn't like a campy thing. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. Like his cape <laughs> well, turns Robin. into a, it, it goes rigid and turns into a, a shield. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty dope. They still didn't do the atomic batteries to power turbines to speed line, but they yeah. showed the animation of them flipping the switches. So oh, I'll, I'll that was simple. a. That was a question I had for you guys since since you saw the first one. Do they recycle any of the stuff from the first one, like them going down the poles? And I think that stuff car. looked like it was the same as last time, which would make sense. Because like, there's no reason for them to reanimate this, so I wonder if yeah, they. I think that I remember the the belt and the mask. I think I think those. It, it makes sense also in a, 
A, financially, but B, in a meta, meta sense, to just reuse the sequence. Did it. they do all the different doors in the first one, like they did in this one? I don't remember. In the, I, in I just, the tunnel? I just remember, no, I don't... I don't remember oh, that. I remember the CG. The, I'm in the mask. Yeah. 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 I think the tunnel sequence of all the doors might have been new, which I got a huge kick out of because I loved that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Also, going down the poles really took them a long time, and I feel like they they really went deep with the with the cave. Like, <laughs> I feel like it was like they were on those poles for a while. <laughs> God, it's just so much fun, and I just I have this I have the Blu-ray set of the original show, and it makes me want to watch it every time I I watch these or rewatch those episodes. Just covering some of the other stuff you know the the score is very much like a it's not just like playing up the old school music from the series there's a bit of a modern element to it it's sort of like there are themes that they go to right um and where it'll get jazzy or something um i wish they sort of leaned into that a little bit more there are parts of it that just feel like okay this could be a part of it this could be a score from one of their other direct-to-video things um but there are there are some really fun highlights to it. And then like visually, you know, it's really colorful. Obviously they're going by the, the character designs and the costume designs from the original series, except maybe is, um, we talked about this last time. Commissioner Gordon there, there was some, yeah, there was some rights. There was some rights questions. Okay, that so was one of my other questions. Commissioner right. Gordon and Alfred do not look as they did in the show. Yeah. They're, you know, like they're close enough, but like this looks more like the, Commissioner Gordon that we're used to. Not yeah, I was like they, I was trying to remember. I was like, what does he look like on the yeah, J.K. Simmons? <laughs> he was just shut up. It was just uh <laughs> Yeah, they they, they do the, they do the basically the comic version as opposed to the one from the show who just had gray hair and no mustache. And then Alfred had Alfred had the gray hair and mustache um in the show, but they don't do that. But I mean for the most part, like that's Caesar yeah. Romero, Joker, that's you know um that that's mustache? definitely Julie Newmar, you know. So that that kind of stuff. But they but the other thing is still I do, just they wish do... you could see Caesar Romero's mustache yeah. under yeah, the paint yeah. in the animation. I, I miss that. that. But... I want like an extreme close up where you just see the follicles coming out. Like, <laughs> um, just, just really play that up. Because that's just the funniest, weirdest background thing ever. Um but uh and you see it in in some of the comics they've done it, like some of the comics covers for Batman sixty six, they yeah. play up the fact that he's got a painted mustache. But what was I was gonna mention the uh the canted angles, like it's not as crazy as the movie, the Batman 66 movie, the mm-hmm. live action one, but at least the show, like, like the, I, I'm, some of the stuff in the movie, and I mean, part of it, they use the excuse that they're like, you know, um, on a boat. Mm-hmm. Like, those <laughs> candid angles were nuts. Like, it was like straight, they went for it like, in the movie, diagonal. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was just absolutely crazy. But the TV show, they like, every possible time you could use a Dutch angle to show something's weird or wrong or crazy, they would do it. And they didn't shy away from that here. Without it, you know, being so conspicuous that it distracted from And then anything. we did finally get the building climbing but still no cameo. Yeah, <laughs> the, the same thing as last time and also uh, I mean, again it, it must be a rights issue but I think I think it's odd that the theme music isn't the theme music but I guess you know obviously that's some sort of the thing that's not working. But even without those little elements it's still this one is totally worth watching. You don't need to have to watch the first one to enjoy it. Watch it for a really great final performance from Adam West. Watch it from a great Burt Ward, great Shatner, great Julie Newmar. Lee Merriweather gets to show up. I mean, watch it for all those reasons, and because it's super fun. It's just. It's, I think it's, it's really one fun. of their best scripts in a while. Like it's just it's really funny. Like it's packed with jokes. Michael Jelinek and James Tucker wrote it. Uh, Rick Morales really directed good. it. It's also just it was so refreshing. You know, with the increasing trend of these movies to be adult and dark, it was just so nice knowing I could watch this and that it would have a happy ending. Yeah. Just felt you felt good going in, felt good coming out. Yeah, that's no small thing. That's these have been dark for a little bit, and so to have a complete package of joy and happiness. 
Although the last one, the Harley Quinn one, was was a was a comedy. But it also had some weird stuff. Oh, it stuff was totally to dark it. too. But yeah, I would pay for a really high quality screensaver or something of the final dance over the credits. You would pay for a high quality screensaver. Well, like to have that playing in the background on a, on my my TV at home or something like that. I mean, that sure. Was just, it, the, the design of it was so great. It is good. The inverted colors. I loved it, and like it, clearly, like each character, they had like I don't know a ten second dance thing and they would just like and they're like okay now it's going to be the girls so it would be you know aunt harriet and catwoman dancing and it's like okay now we're going to have two-face and catwoman dancing or like and they're doing the same moves but like each of them has their own moves and the, the music is so bright and fun and i love two-faces dance especially he <laughs> like gets into sort of so like it's like the batusi but with like some thriller thrown into it it's really good so or like shermy from the uh, the peanuts christmas special it's a little bit of that kind of bummed that we never got a Batgirl sequence. Oh, yeah. I was Man. hoping that would be something that we would see. Once once we saw Harley Quinn, I thought, okay, maybe they're going to set up like a third one in which, you know, it's like, you know, they're going to add in Harley Quinn and Batgirl. Oh. I'd like to see what 66 would have done with Poison Ivy. Yes. And again, the rumor of the Wonder Woman thing is pretty, pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> and so here's my question for you guys. With a passable voice actor, would you want to see more of these? Nope. No. Yeah, I think okay. this is shut it yeah. down. Yeah, you can't. Okay, just making sure. I mean, because part of me would want to, but I think I think the whole specialness of it was that it was Adam West and Burt Ward again. And Yvonne Craig's gone now too, right? So yes. Yes. they can't do. So they couldn't do. Like I was like, you know, a Batgirl spinoff or something where you don't see Batman in it, and but you use the '66 world, but then like you don't have Yvonne Craig, so like you can't do that either. Yeah. We get these two, and they're great. A Burt Ward spinoff, just just a Robin. <laughs> Robin thing. and Wonder Woman together again. <laughs> Linda Carter doesn't age, so she can do twenty five of these. If they wanted to do some with Superman, like put a Bur- Superman a Bur- in the Ward world. Burt Ward. <laughs> Burt Ward goes to the sixty six version of Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what Bloodhaven looks like in this world. You know, you you can figure it out if you really wanted to do it, but. I think we're fine with these two films. They're great tributes to the original cast, the original show, yeah. uh, to Batman and the characters that, that are in that world in general. Um, really great films, high quality. And as we near the end of this year, I think this is our last animated discussion, would we say this is our favorite one of the year? What else do we yeah, do I mean, I mean, yes, but like, I'm, I'm trying to remember what else was this year. So the Connor, it's Batman been kind of a long Quinn. year. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me, let, me, let, let me read them off for you. I'm going to get the list going in a second. I'm going to go ahead and put Inhumans at the bottom of the list. <laughs> That's not animated, although it kind of is. All right, so this year, animated films. Wow, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shows this year. Really? I guess we have. We had um, Justice League Dark. And okay. Then, and then we, that I'm was all counting, right. I'm not counting Lego Batman. Justice League Dark. Teen Titans of Judas Contract, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Batman and Harley Quinn, Batman versus Two-Face. Yeah, this is my favorite. I would, I would maybe, I think I would put this over Lego Batman. I mean, Lego Batman looks cool, but I didn't like the script as much as I thought I would like it. Yeah. Well, I think Lego Batman would have benefited by having the same runtime as this movie. Sure. You didn't need two hours. And also not the creepy like relationship that. between Batman and Barbara Gordon. Yeah, I was like, what is this? I... Well, that's your, that's your particular. That's not your... just my particular hang up. A lot of people have. All that right. Up. No, it's weird. And c- confession, I um, I didn't see that. I didn't see Lego Batman in theaters. I rented it, and I don't think I finished it. It's long. So, I think I just got so I was like, I don't like what they're doing here with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think my rankings for the year might just be in reverse order of the ones we've recorded. Lego Batman is one of the movies that makes me feel old. <laughs> 
like not just the aesthetic, but like the jokes go so fast. I just felt like I was missing a bunch of things. Everybody slow down. But I also think like, I think that's just too fast. I don't think it's just me. I think that the pacing is off in this movie. I think the pacing in this movie is just right. Batman versus Two-Face. Okay, so that's our thoughts on Batman versus Two-Face. If you want to write down your thoughts, you can go to ifanboy.com and there'll be a post for this show. And you can tell us what you thought of this movie. You can go through all the old posts and tell us what you thought of the old animated films for this year. I believe the next one for the Brain Trust is... The Batman Gotham by Gaslamp film. Gaslight? We discussed this before. I'm going to do that. It's just going to be a thing that happens. <laughs> watch, the, watch the gradual deteriorations of our, of our minds. That's and true. And now that now, if you've listened to the most recent Pick of the Week show, you know Connor has a particular affection for Batman in a trench coat. So That's true. <laughs> do you like a duster Batman? I'm going to have to write that down and put it on a post-it in front of me during the show we record. So I say Gaslight. Gotcha. But Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, the beginning of next year, that'll be the next animated Brain Trust film. Uh, Let's just call him Gassy Batman. So, um, that's it. That's it. Thanks for doing Oh, obviously, the Pick of the Week podcast every week. We talk about the week's comics, and we'll be back for more special edition shows. We're not done with live-action shows. We have Justice League. and Oh, you're going to talk about that? Yeah, we got to. <laughs> have fun with that. Nobody yeah. else is. I'm not, I'm not even going to see that. Because I don't have to. The Punisher Netflix show comes out the same day as Justice League now. And Ay, that's a dark weekend. And then uh, The Last Jedi, of course, before the end of the year. Well, those will be our... And Thor, yeah. obviously. Thor. I was going to say, Thor. I think you're leaving Thor, Listen, the, 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 I moved the calendar. It's now behind me. I have to turn around and look at it. It's a whole thing. Also, it's really hot in LA. I don't know if anyone knows that or not. As I mentally collapse at the end of the show, that's it for this week's show. My name is Connor. Until next time, old chums. Stay vigilant, fellow... D- Fully deputized defenders of justice. And I'm going to go have a toast to Adam West. The world's not the same without him. Like you, Cape Crime Fighter. Being a hero or a crime fighter is not what counts the most, Andy. It's growing up to be a good citizen. And if that's what you meant, it's the highest possible compliment you could pay me. <laughs>